This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and uh, I'm here at our global office in, in Bentonville, Arkansas. So uh, Happy New Year to you all out there. Uh, we took a couple breaks, uh, a couple weeks off for a break for the Christmas holidays and uh, anxious to get back. And uh, and just again, we, uh, we, we enjoy sharing uh, messages with you of, of things we're seeing and, and stories of transformation that we get to witness and, and uh, things that God's revealing from his word and, and uh, just things that might help you in your journey. So uh, I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Hey, uh, Brian. In fact, uh, you might change my name to Stuffy. <laughs> Stuffy. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little cold, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm fighting that. Well, no, I'm, I'm on the tail end of it, but boy, it's still left over. I don't know. I imagine, imagine out of our audience here that 80% of them say, yeah, I got that too. So. Yeah, yeah, so they can. But the show must go on, right? The show must go on. <laughs> That's right. Give us some grace today. So so uh, this morning, uh, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about, we, we, we actually uh, had a little audible that we called, but God, God has a verse that we've been uh, chewing on a little bit as we've been thinking about influencers and our uh, this ministry. And the, we, we consider this ministry a sacred responsibility, just as we tell all of you who guide journey groups that, that, that this is a serious deal. This is a big business that we're doing here because we're, we're dealing with souls and uh, it's a sacred responsibility. And so uh, we feel that way about this overall, the whole ministry overall. And so Rocky and I have been talking about this verse. And, and so if you'll join us in Second uh, Corinthians 6, uh, 1 through 10, we want to read this verse and unpack this a little bit because we think this really is an important, important to uh, the ministry. So I'm going to read this uh, in, starting in verse 1 in Second Corinthians 6. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable, favorable time, I listened to you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, Sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. So, Rocky, you uh, you read that uh, the other day, and, and, and we were talking about, I think the, the, the genesis of our conversation was talking about DNA, and that's a, something we're always harping on is, yeah. is that uh, we believe God's given us a DNA, and, and it's all from His Word and from His plan, uh, and we just are real guardians of that DNA. Right. And, and, and we've seen sometimes... 
there's been challenges of that DNA, and not e- and really sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's not even like an evil attack or anything like that. It's people just trying to help, uh, but it seems to violate the DNA, and we have to we feel like we're guardians of that. But but talk about how this verse kind of struck you and in, in that conversation. Well, the, uh, the here's what here's what really stood out to me uh, in that verse, and and I'll focus on that. And that said, behold, now is the favorable, favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. And so, you know, the tension that I had with that is uh, when I read that, Brian, was to look back over the last 20 years. And I, and I, and I have seen so much uh, that's happened, not only in the world, and in the body of Christ, uh, but also in this ministry, but also in my own life. And, and I cannot deny the fact that God has given this ministry favor. I can't deny that he's even given my ministry favor. Uh, and I think the reason why is because now is the favorable time. I think that we live in a climate, in, in a culture in this country, but a climate in this world that's looking for the gospel that's wanting the gospel, the good news. And as Paul was saying, we're not going to put any obstacle in the way of that. We're not going to, we don't want anything to get in the way of that. Now, there was a, several things he mentioned there that they've had to go through, like beatings and imprisonments and all kind of calamities and being dishonored in so many ways, being slandered, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what he was saying, no, and I'm not even letting those obstacles get in our way. Mm. I'm committed. I'm going all the way with this. There's no looking back, and there's nothing that I'm going to let it get in the way of me making Christ known because now is the favorable time. And here's the tension I have, and that is, and I have to go back to what happened about in the beginning of this ministry because I was already now 60 years old or a little under, under that, uh, when uh, God brought me uh, to a point where I was now taking outward that which had been going on for about 20 years within me. And he was telling me uh, that it's now time to help other people. You've got to help other people see what I'm seeing. And by the way, that will be the next uh, podcast that we do that talks about that tension, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I began praying early on that God raise up people that will join me with this, raise up leaders, raise up people that would uh, get the vision, understand that there's something very unique here, something something that, that is needed out there greatly, because I can't do it by myself, and I'm certainly not going to be able to do it before a limited period of time. So I began praying that. Now, what happens with a founder of anything, it's their baby, right? It's very important to them. And so, uh, unfortunately, many people who are founders don't let go. They, they grip it with death grip. Uh, why? Well, I, there's some good reasons, because they might have understanding that other people don't have, and they want to make sure that it's done right. But then there are some people that do it because of egos. They can't stand the thought of being left out or put on the sidelines or no longer used. And as an athlete, I can tell you that's a fear. Mm. I had rather been uh, playing hurt 
and being taken off the field and put on the sideline. And um, it's part of our nature to want to hold on to something that we hold very dear. But I can tell you, if I did that, I would have put an obstacle in the way of a man like you coming and joining us because I would not have released the leadership of this ministry to another man. And I had to take to heart there that I could not put any obstacle in the way of this ministry. But it's the same way not only with that, it's the additional people that have come here that have added to it such good insight, such wisdom, uh, spiritual gifts that I don't have, you don't have. And our leadership base with our uh, global board and our regional board and, and our guides are amazing. I mean, it's, I mean, we've got uh, uh, so many uh, of the, the highest quality leaders that I've ever seen assimilated in one organization that, that I, 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 could, I think I could match them against anything that's been out there. Because mm-hmm. God has put together an amazing uh, number of people who are part of this ministry. But I can tell you there's that 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 sword cuts two ways. And that is if we bring them in and give them a place of ministry, then we've got to make sure they understand the DNA. Mm-hmm. Because the strength of their leadership skills could very easily lead us away from what God has called us to do and be. Mm-hmm. And so that is where the tension comes in, and that is how to embrace those gifted people that God gives us, but at the same time not let Satan sow uh, people into the ministry that would either divert it or divide it. Mm-hmm. Now, you think it's a reality that that can happen? Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. We say it, say it happen. And here, here's the thing that's here's the thing that's uh, a little bit confusing, honestly. But at the same time, it's just the way it works. And that is, we've had that happen here. But it, at the same time, there was nobody that was hard, bad-hearted in 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 what they were doing. They were good-intentioned. It's just they had the wrong strategy. They had the wrong way. And we had to understand that. We had to understand that if we violate um, something that we hold near and dear to our heart, and that is the way we do ministry and how we do ministry, driven out of why we do ministry, uh, if we don't understand that that's got to be protected, then it will erode. It will fade away. It will be hurt, and it will be no longer. And I've seen that happen with so many good churches that lost their DNA. Mm. I've seen it with many good ministries that lost their DNA. I've seen many lives that have been um, uh, bankrupt uh, spiritually because they lost their DNA. They lost that connection with Christ, that love for Christ. And so those are things that we have to protect. Now, there's another way to say it is you got to protect your heart. Mm-hmm. Another way to say, say it is you got to protect your soul. Those things have got to be healthy at all times. So... I think that's what stirred that up for me was realizing that that you know we've got to be on guard. You know we've got to be gracious and loving and uh, accepting of the people and the gifts and 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 some of the thoughts that come at us that are 
possibly strategic things that could be from God. But we've got to be very careful to weigh it against what we're called to do and be. You know, another uh, just a little another side of that is um, when Paul's talking about all these these uh, horrible things that they had to go through, beatings, imprisonments, sleepless nights, hunger. Um, I was just thinking, I wonder if he's saying, you know, when when he he recognizes that when we're stressed or when we're pushed, that's when we really got to be on guard, guard our hearts and our minds, because that's when we we could make some mistakes. That's when we could lean on our flesh and not on the Lord sometimes maybe, or yeah. slip into some, some bad, whatever, you know, do you think that could be part of the warning here? Is that, Hey, let's be careful not to let any obstacles come in, even in the midst of the hardest times. Yeah. Well, or the easiest times, you know, if you think about David and Bathsheba, you'll realize that he was off the battlefield mm-hmm. and he was having leisure. Yeah. He didn't have the accountability to the battles. He was not the warrior. He was a leisurely king, mm-hmm. and as a result, he laid his guard down, and he. The rest of that story is Bathsheba, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the the worst time of his life, things mm-hmm. he did. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, where can it happen? Can it happen in uh, the worst of times when we are really, really discouraged and depressed and you know, feel like we're ready to give up, yeah, it can happen there. But it can also happen when we go to sleep and we become casual. Mm-hmm. You've heard me say it before, casualty. Uh, casualty is only one word away from casual. Mm-hmm. Well, I like what you're saying, you know, because he's talking about in, now is the time of favor. So when there's a time of favor and everything seems to be going really well, you might say, "Okay, we got it from here now, God. Thank you for getting us here now. We'll t- we we got it from here." You think there's that? well, that's what's happened. Yeah, I mean that's ha- that's happened in this ministry the last twenty years. Is that you know we nobody has uh, established themselves as being gurus here. Yeah, especially me. Yeah, you know we're not we're not the you know the smartest cookie cutter. I mean we're just ordinary people with a sincere love for the Lord and, and 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 try to swim in His grace. And for some reason or other, uh, He uh, has chosen to use unlikely people. Uh, and and we're from Arkansas, so we don't get a lot of respect anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I think a lot of people think we're going to come in there and say, what did, do you and Z want to know from us? <laughs> and... Um, and we do have all our teeth, and, uh, <laughs> and we don't run around barefooted. Uh, but the uh, the fact is, is that there's uh, uh, we we don't represent the uh, the intelligentsia. We don't represent the you know the the greatest theologians and all of that. We're ordinary people. Most of us businessmen with a love for Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there's a purity and. In the way we approach it, uh, and that purity is not coming uh, to anyone, and certainly not to Christ, with thinking that we have anything to offer except our willingness and our obedience, mm-hmm. uh, and our dependence on Him. And I think that's uh, that's why we have probably been favored is because we do really recognize that we really are dependent on Him, and we know we have nothing good to offer except Jesus. 
and we make it about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It always is. And so uh, early on, we started showing great promise because of that little thing right there about getting people in proximity to Christ. Mm -hmm. Life change was occurring. But it didn't take long for some of the, the smarter people to come along and say to us that, well, you could do it a lot better if you did it this way, because that's what people do in business when they mass market. And, you, you know, we can do best practices and study it, and then we can reproduce it like it's a, a rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with an organism. You can't, you can't can it and box it and sell it. You've got, to, you've got to release it by going always to where it makes it healthy. It's organism. Let's just talk for a second about just a real practical thing that you and I were just talking about. You know, you're, a, you're an author, and uh, you've been able to write five or six books, and, and uh, they're really being used as part of our curriculum. But you've had people who wanted you to to be the typical author and try to mass market yourself yeah. and go on the speaking tour and the trade shows or, or yeah. whatever, and uh, and you've chosen not to do that. Why why is that, Rocky? Well, because I'm not I'm not writing books to sell books or to be recognized as an author. Right. I'm a messenger, and I'm writing books to make disciples, and all of these books uh, are connected to that one thing, and that's getting somebody into proximity to Christ different storylines, different creative ways of saying it, different scriptures that are highlighted in ways, but always sound theology, always directed toward him, always for the purpose of discipleship, teaching men and women how to self-feed and then how to go and make disciples. Now, creatively, because they're allegory and and their storyline, and God has used this old Mississippi boy that was raised by storytellers to be a storyteller and and I'm just, you know, one of many that he has chosen to use experiences and talents and and gifts and blend them into some kind of strange, you know, formula that that speaks for him. And and so I uh, I don't know. I, I here's one thing I don't know. I don't I kind of think I'd fall on my face if I was would try to start writing novels that were, you know, mysteries or adventure novels and didn't have about one about Christ, but about just entertainment mm-hmm. um, to make a lot of money, you know, to get a lot of glory. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, you got all this ta- talent and gift. Why don't you do that and make some money out of this stuff? And, you know, I got enough money. You know, God's getting me by. Uh, I'm getting treasure in heaven. That's my that's my main build up right there. Mm-hmm. But I think the the thing is is that the reason why I don't join the crowd uh, and try to just be a book salesman and and mass marketed these books because again, if they you know if they're well received, then yeah, they would sell a lot and they would make a lot of money. But the reason I don't join that is because I don't think those things convert into disciples. I don't think I think that they don't really do a good job of leading people to the next stages that help them to not only become a disciple but to make disciples. And that's my call. Yeah. And that's why I don't join that crowd. Does it mean does that mean that they're wrong and I'm I'm right? No, it means that that's the way it is for me. That's my call. And the other thing is that I I'm not so sure God would honor me. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I'm not so sure that God would favor me. I keep saying that if I were to get off of this call, I think that He's favoring me in the writing because it's about Him, yeah, and about the call. Yeah, and I think that that's. Uh, I was going to say that earlier. I think part of the favor comes in in our dependence on Him, don't you think? That we are just utterly dependent on Him for everything, and we're not trying to take it and run with it ourselves. We, you know, we we're asking Him, where do we go, and yeah. every step of the way. And that's that was a hard thing for me to do, Brian, because again, from my background, I was I was didn't want to be dependent on anybody, especially an invisible God. You know, I couldn't see anything tangible. You know. But there was that tension that continued to be a part of my growing up phase spiritually. And that is I, I had to release more of me to gain more of him. Uh, it had to become more of him and less of me. Um, and then that less of me began to challenge those things that kept me independent of him, and that is fear. That, that I'd be left out or, or forgotten or whatever and wanting to hold on to control because I want to control my future. Um, all of those things that I, I guarded became idols. And, and it was clear to me that if I was ever going to grow in him and to be the man that he wanted me to be, I had to start releasing more and more of me. I didn't know what that looked like. It was just kind of little by little by little. But the strange thing about it is it's it's like, you know, some people say, that's scary. Well, it is scary. And some people say, well, that makes you a slave. Well, yeah, it does make you a slave of Christ. Uh, some people think that that is just a terrible place to be. And the thing I would say is I used to think that. But then more and more as I began to let go and gain more through dependence on him, I began to find something of a life that I had never would have thought I could have had. A peace, a joy, a purpose. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like I was cheating myself by trying to hold on to stuff just to keep control of it. And when I began releasing it, he began to fill me with stuff like I couldn't even imagine. This is where the transformation comes in a man's life. This is where purpose comes. And um, and so now I'm looking back. You know, I'm, I'm holding on to him and moving forward, and I'm okay with where he takes me. But I'm looking back, guys like you and other, anybody to listen to me and say, look, I know where you are. I've not been there, but I know where you want to go, and I can show you. Mm-hmm. And that's what this ministry is all about, mm-hmm. reaching back and helping people see what we're seeing. Well, and I love I love the fact that when it's about him, it can keep perpetuating. Like even after you're gone and, oh, yeah. and I'm gone, it'll keep perpetuating if yeah. it's about him. Well, that's what he said. He said, "I want you to bear fruit of fruit that will remain." That's right. That's right. And that is that is the legacy. That's the fruit that will remain. And you know, uh, I have books uh, that may remain. I don't know if twenty years from now if they'll be. In, you know, they might be either in garage sales or holding up nice items on toilets, you know, in the back, back there, the decorator items. <laughs> That's what happens in my books at our house. Sally's really good about it. But, you know, the, uh, the thing that uh, will remain, though, is not uh, 
not a book, but a message. And Brian, we're all messengers. And you don't have to write a book to be a messenger. All you have to do is be faithful to share what Christ is showing you about him. Show him to somebody else. Whether it's our grandchildren or children or friends or whoever God will allow us to, to share his love with, share his grace with. And, that, and, and, and we may never be known to that person 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, from now. They may not know that that thought that's come to them was originated by us years, years before, but somehow it came to them and now it's feeding them and drawing them near to Christ. Hmm. There, there is a supernatural component to God working through a faithful man or woman not just in his day and time, but in the years that will come following him. You know, and I, I want to make sure that it's clear to our listeners um, that w- the message we're talking about is not just for you and me and the leadership of the global ministry. We're talking about the everyday man and woman who's out there in the wherever they, wherever you are out there who are in leading groups, guiding journey groups, or or maybe God's prompting you to, to go do that. Um, isn't this message for them? That that they they're part of this ministry, they're part of this favor that we're talking about, and and we're asking them we're asking them to step into it, but we're also to asking them not to step into it recklessly, but to step into it with a real serious, not a fear and not an intimidation, but a a respect for what God's doing, and th- that they would be careful not to put any obstacles in the way. What, what would you say to those people? Well, I'd say that you are the ministry. Yeah, that's right. And we're part of you. That's right. I mean, you know our. Our call is to support the expansion of this message, and we do it through guides right. who build small groups and who deliver the, the message and the curriculum. And then those people are trained up to continue to distribute it, and hopefully it will be distributed throughout the world and from now on mm-hmm. um, because it, the message is from Christ. You know, he's the leader of this ministry. He's the leader of them. He's the leader of the expansion. He's the head of this thing. And these are his words that he's breathed into ordinary people. That's all we are. We, I mean, we are messengers. And believe me, if you if you if you tear us apart and look at us, you'd scratch your head and say, "How could they figure that out?" And the answer is, we didn't figure it out. <laughs> we just put ourselves here and say, "Here we are, Lord." But you know, we're ordinary guys. Mm-hmm. We're all businessmen that came to, you know, to be called to do this. The uh, I think that we used to identify ourselves as either, uh, you know, in a certain category of, of business or, or economic strata or, you know, whatever. We used to see ourselves as trying to work to a certain level and be a certain way. And then we began to understand that you know, that's, that's the world's way. You know, when we started taking on the identity of disciple, and really understanding what it means to be a disciple of Christ, and then our identity changed. It, it just faded into something else. That doesn't mean that we can't still be businessmen and teachers and housewives and business uh, people and military people and pastors and uh, students and all the other 
ways that we enter into this world and, and, and walk through it, we can still have those identities, but it falls under a, a, a greater identity, and that's being a disciple of Christ. Yeah. I already said like this one time, you're either a businessman who happens to be a Christian or you're a Christian who happens to be a businessman. Yeah. Which are you? And I think that we all began kind of like we were businessmen who became Christians and we identified ourselves as business, Christian businessmen, businessmen who are Christians. But then we began to say, no, 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 we're Christians first and foremost, and we just happen to be a businessman or whatever we do. And when we, get, when we began to get that point of view, then we establish the way we see ourselves and our purpose in life. And we need to continue to grow toward that identity. What we do is irrelevant. That's just where God has your place and where you make your living. But who we are and our purpose in life uh, is to be identified with Christ that way. And then if we will move into that identity and grow in it, then I really do believe as we have seen it, then we will have favor that will fall on our life to be able to discharge the sacred responsibility and the message God gives us to our world around us. That's right. You know, I was at a, uh, I was at a businessman's luncheon uh, years ago and a bunch of people in the room and, and somebody got up and said, hey, all you ministers in there, would you raise your hand? And there was about three or four people who raised their hand. And then, of course, he went on to say, everybody should have raised their hand if you're a Christian, because if you're a Christian, and it was a Christian event, yeah. that, that we're all ministers. You know, and that's to your point, I think, is that we're all called and put placed strategically by God wherever he's placed us. Well, this happened to me 30, in 1985, um, that I was, I had left my business and went into a small period of my time into full-time ministry. And I was in it a year and I came back in business and served there for years until influencers. And uh, and during that tenure, I, I saw it this way, kind of like you're either a businessman or you're in ministry, but you even if you can do ministry as a businessman, it's kind of, it's kind of bush league compared to being full-time. If you're really, really serious, you're gonna go full-time, right? Yeah, and so I I live with that uh, thought perspective about you know my if I'm gonna really be serious about my walk with Christ and ministry I can't just be having my Bible studies and my discipleship studies which I were doing more than ever uh, that I really need to go full time and mm -hmm. so I went full time went through the whole support raising and everything else. And and six months into it, you know, support was there. I didn't have any problem with that. And I was, you know, doing a lot of discipleship, but it just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. And uh, and so I had a, a meeting uh, with a very, very gifted and wonderful pastor that's well-known, by the way. I won't mention his name, but he had lunch with us, my Sally and me. And I told him about what, what, what I was struggling with. And... Uh, that even though I was living the dream, it just wasn't right. And he heard the whole story, and he came and he said to me something shocking. He says, "You know, you're called to ministry, but not here. You need to go back in business. You need to go back and and serve your king as a businessman and see yourself as full time ministry, but serve him there because that's your gifts and calls. And and when you go there, then you need to let him take you to the next places." 
and see where that leads. Mm. So six months later, we took his advice and we went home and we went not only to go back in business, but we went with a new fervor to authenticate business people in ministry. There you go. Because you see, that was what's missing. And that is to tell people who are in business or whatever vocation they're in, but have a minister's heart that it, that it is legitimate to authenticate their ministry where they are. They don't have to leave it. Right there is God's call on you. And so when we went back, uh, then that message began to be permeated, and then it went on now for probably, I don't know, 18, 16 years, something like that, to finally God then took me to the next place, and that is to start Influencers. And then to, at that time, respond to the call to go full time. Mm. And, you know, and, and I think that that's why I'm okay with saying I'm just a businessman. Mm-hmm. I'm just a businessman, but I'm a Christian foremost, and I'm a disciple maker. I just happen to be a businessman. Now, I'm not that now, although I guess I might could still be. But mainly, I don't, I don't identify myself that way anymore. I just see it as, you know, walking with Jesus and then helping, letting him have his way with me. Mm. And uh, that's, that's that aspect of surrender. That's the blessing of dependence. It's because when we empty our hands of the controls of what we're trying to do for him, instead say, here I am, I'm empty. Use me as you see fit. I'm letting go, and giving, giving myself to you. When that happens, then we're taken into the life that we desire, mm. deep down desire. That's right. Well, I think we're out of time, Rocky. Thank you for those thoughts. And uh, I, uh, I just want to read this one more time, Paul's words. He says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation, and so all of you out there, if you're uh, if you've been through a journey group and uh, and it touched your life and all that, I, we just keep encouraging you to uh, to go give it away to some other people. There's you're a minister, you're a representative of this ministry, and uh, there's people who need to understand about abiding in Christ, and you might be the one that needs to help them find it. So uh, uh, we'd love to help you, and even if you're not in a city where we have influencers, uh, just go to our website influencers.org and uh, send a message. And uh, I'll contact you or somebody out in the field will contact you and we will definitely help train you up to and equip you to do that. I uh, also want to just make a quick note. Thank you to all who donated to our generosity challenge. Uh, we're just thankful for your generosity and you just continue to support this mission and this message. And uh, we're excited to see where God's going to take us in 2019. And uh, one last announcement. Uh, Our national summit is May 2nd through 5th uh, this year, and it's going to be at Shepherd of the Ozarks here in Northwest Arkansas, and 300 men from all over the country and even some some international locations are going to be gathering for a great, amazing time together of us gathering together and bringing this whole ministry together. So uh, we'd love all you guys who can be there to be there. It it will fill up. We we know it will sell out. So get on and register now. Go to our website, and you'll, you'll see the link on how to register for that. So... Anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. Thanks for being with us today.
with me.